Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Awesome to have you with us. And I'm joined by a guest today. I'm joined by Deepak Suri, who's a senior product manager for the AppStream 2.0 team. Welcome, Deepak. Hi, Simon. Glad to be here. Good to have you here. Now, we're going to talk about a service that uh, in my travels, many customers don't know about, um, but those that do tend to really like it, something called Amazon AppStream 2.0. So we're going to cover some of the fundamentals first up. What is AppStream 2.0? What does it do? Simon, AppStream 2.0 delivers uh, Windows applications to any non-Windows device. So you can use your rich, powerful Windows apps, whether it's a 3D application or a line of business application uh, from a desktop browser. Uh, so uh, a user would be able to uh, connect to this just like any web application and start using all the functions that they are used to in a in a uh, in a powerful uh, uh, Windows application. So how is this different from something like VDI or virtual desktop? Um, what's just to just sure, to clarify it's, it's a, the, the yeah yeah it's a, it's a similar use case. So uh, when uh, customers want to deliver uh, their uh, that's Windows applications, and it, uh, they want to provide more of an application-centric view, uh, then they would use uh, AppStream uh, 2.0. So uh, let's say there is a workflow that, that an engineer has to go through where they have a sequence of applications where they go through some design, rendering, uh, and visualization, uh, go between multiple apps in terms of saving data and opening up model files or data between uh, different uh, applications, then... Uh, they, uh, AppStream is, is a perfect fit for that. Uh, the user gets access to uh, a catalog of applications uh, through a web browser. Uh, they can open each of those applications and work with them uh, all on the same remote instance uh, and uh, just as they would with a regular desktop. But the added potential here is uh, all the apps are, of course, running remotely uh, and rendered similar to VDI uh, environments, uh, but also the apps are getting access to more powerful compute or graphics behind the scenes uh, and and can also have access to uh, uh, data that is uh, available on a low latency basis uh, saved on AWS already. Uh, so it's that whole picture of being able to use uh, multiple applications, go between them, uh, save data between them, and also access other resources on AWS. Interesting. Now, before we get into some of the nuances and details of how um, AppStream 2.0 works, um, let's call out the fact that we are talking about Amazon AppStream 2.0 versus the original Amazon AppStream. And so it's probably worth spending a bit of time explaining that. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, so AppStream 2.0 was launched in December last year. Uh, it's almost oh, it's just over nine months now. Uh, and it's uh, built from the ground up. It's a completely new service. Uh, and the big callouts are... Uh, there is nothing to, uh, there's no do-it-yourself engineering here. Uh, the service is fully managed. You upload a, a set of applications. Uh, we provide an interactive experience for doing that. And once the apps are uploaded into the service, uh, then uh, you can deploy them to any number of users you'd like uh, without any additional engineering work. Uh, so uh, that's very different from uh, the first version that we launched over five years ago. Uh, the service also uses uh, a, a great new streaming protocol called NiceDCV. Uh, this has uh, been very popular with our customers in the 3D engineering space uh, in the on-prem world. Uh, and this is a protocol that we acquired uh, with uh, a company called Nice uh, and we, we use with AppStream. Uh, 
the benefits of this protocol are uh, it's uh, encrypted end-to-end. It provides a, a super fluid, performant experience to users, and it works over HTTPS. So one of the things we uh, often customers ask is, oh, so do you need to open new network ports for this to work? No, this just works over 443. So it's firewall-friendly. Uh, another big uh, uh, change is all the different price performance points we offer. So your apps now have capability run on uh, over a dozen instance types that we offer with uh, with the 2.0 service. So this is, again, a very different from before. Uh, finally, I would say this connects to uh, an existing environment like your VPC, uh, your Active Directory. Uh, so uh, today we have customers signing in just through uh, their own identity uh, using, say, a, a federation model like SAML uh, and connect to the AppStream environment that they set up. So those are all like very big changes, and it's really built from the ground up uh, with 2.0. So this is, I think, a great example of, uh, of customer feedback driving where a service goes, and, and clearly customers have some pretty strong views of what they want to do with this. It sounds like a really good solution for a mobile workforce that also needs access to really heavy-duty compute and, and analytics, and that's why the the, uh, the CAD-CAM use cases, et cetera, are really interesting. Um but this is squarely focused at the moment on, on Windows, isn't it? It's, it's uh, you know, Windows Server 2012 R2 64-bit, but you can have 32-bit applications and other things. So maybe give us some flavor of what you see customers running uh, using this technology. Sure. So uh, as you uh, just mentioned, so any application, any Windows application that runs on Server 2012 R2 uh, will work with AppStream 2.0. So today we see customers bringing in a range of different applications. It could be apps that are built in-house uh, that are their standard Windows apps uh, that they use for, say, internal tooling, such as, say, forecasting or CRM. And it could be any function that they have uh, for that. Uh, all the way up to uh, commercial applications, say, uh, applications from uh, uh, a software vendor such as Siemens or Ansys, bringing those applications and being able to deliver them uh, to either a population of students or or designers. Uh, so it's really a whole range of applications uh, depending on the use case that the customer is targeting. The good thing is we ha- have a different uh, a, a range of price performance points. So uh, if it's a line of business app that requires a very small amount of memory and compute and would run on a very small uh, desktop, then uh, we have uh, options for that. And going all the way up to if you want to run something like uh, a a simulation software uh, or a rendering software that requires graphics uh, capability, uh, we offer uh, different uh, price points for that as well. For sure. And that's one of the interesting things, I think, is the the choice of different um, platform types. Um, I know a lot of customers are always interested in GPU accelerated type platforms, and this uh, we offer that capability as well. So you can run things like uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and Autodesk Revit, Siemens NX, et cetera. So anything that needs DirectX, OpenGL, OpenCL uh, is really handy, isn't it? That's right. And uh, we see customers really tuning into that because uh, they see the the power in providing uh, workstation quality performance and graphics uh, on pretty much any device. So today we have customers using uh, Chromebook 7 to access uh, powerful 3D software. Uh, And we have enabled this 
by offering three different uh, graphics instance families. And these range uh, uh, from uh, instances that use an AMD GPU that we just launched called the Graphics Design Instance Family, uh, all the way up to Graphics Pro, which uses uh, some of the latest GPUs that we have on EC2 today. So customers can run a range of different applications, starting from Adobe Photoshop and Autodesk Revit, uh, all the way up to really complex applications that uh, designers and engineers use in the uh, oil and gas or the media and entertainment industry. That's really powerful. So let's talk maybe about the, the, the underlying componentry and, and particularly the concept of fleets and the two kinds of fleets that uh, AppStream 2.0 customers can use. Sure. Uh, so this actually goes back to the, the pricing and how we charge for that, uh, how, how we charge for AppStream Toronto. So pricing is by the R. Uh, for the instances that are used to stream applications. Uh, now, customers can decide whether they want an instant-on experience or an, uh, or an on-demand experience. Uh, when they need an instant-on uh, experience, they would have a fleet of instances that are already up and running. And since an instance is already running, so when a, when a user clicks on an app and launches it, the app is going to launch instantaneously. Uh, it's like having a desktop running already and opening an application. Uh, so in that case, uh, the customer is paying for any running instances uh, already. So that is the always-on fleet. Uh, the other option is the on-demand fleet, uh, where instead of providing an instant-on experience, a user, when they click on the, the first app, when they connect in the morning, let's say, uh, that app is going to take maybe a minute or up to two minutes to launch, but after that, every app will, every other app will open quickly. Uh, the how this is done is uh, we bring up an instance from a stop state uh, and then uh, launch the application for the user. Uh, the advantage or the benefit of this is we don't have to keep running resources uh, for the customer uh, or the user. So uh, it's only when they launch the application that the instance starts running and then uh, they pay uh, the running instance fee at that point. Uh, so it's uh, it's really a cost-benefit trade-off. Uh, if you want an instant-on experience, you pick an always-on fleet. If you are okay with a one to two-minute startup time, you pick an on-demand fleet and pay less. And that's great because it means you've got the choice depending on the um, the user base that you're servicing. You know, some people may use these very specific applications only periodically, so there's no point running them all the time, whereas others may need immediate access at any given moment. That's right. Now, now you, you did mention at the start a, a bit about shared storage, and I think it's worth just diving into that a little bit because that's a really interesting challenge for a lot of uh, organizations, and um, AppStream 2.0 solves that for our customers. Uh, yes. So with storage, we have a couple of options for customers. Uh, first, we provide a built-in storage model uh, using uh, Amazon S3 as the backing store. So every user gets a home folder uh, that they get to store and retrieve files from uh, as they use their applications. Uh, so these, the files that a user saves are uh, synced back to Amazon S3. And uh, we don't, uh, so when a user first starts a session, for example, 
Uh, we don't sync all the files that they have down to their streaming instance uh, and then save everything back at the end. Instead, uh, we're uh, a bit smart about that. We only sync files that a user is either uh, opening up or is, is saving back. Uh, and this works with uh, complex uh, file objects. So, uh, so let's say uh, a designer is working on a very complex model, which has hundreds or thousands of uh, uh, small files as part of it. So this works with that as well. Uh, the, so this is with Amazon S3. And uh, one call out here is uh, the, all the files are saved to an Amazon S3 bucket that the customer owns. Uh, this then means that the customer can maintain their own compliance and governance policies around the data that is saved back to their environment. Uh, so apart from using Amazon S3, another option that uh, customers have is to uh, connect to any file shares that they have already have available that is accessible from their Amazon VPC. Uh, so this is, again, a common model for uh, if there's already large amounts of data that a customer already has uh, in their AWS environment, that becomes accessible from the, uh, from the, uh, uh, from, uh, the applications on AppStream Toronto. Fantastic. And that's often a good way to migrate from running you know, dedicated hardware onto using AppStream as well because the, uh, the data often needs to be there because there may be historical data as well. That's right. And, and that's really a powerful use case because uh, now you have this option to uh, retain your data uh, within your AWS environment and not have to download them into uh, your desktop or workstation on-premises. Uh, so you get rid of the whole headache of moving data back and forth and instead uh, use the data that's already da there in a single location. Exactly, in a, in a, in a nice durable location too. So how, uh, how can customers give this a try? I think uh, the AppStream 2.0 team has done a pretty good job of allowing people to give it a go. So maybe talk us through that approach. Sure, there is a Try it now experience. So if you go to awsamazon.com slash AppStream2, uh, there will be a try it now button. Uh, so if you uh, select that, uh, you'll be able to log in with your AWS credentials and see a trial experience for AppStream 2.0. Uh, there will be a, a range of uh, applications. Uh, uh, there'll be a few from uh, Siemens, for example, uh, that you can uh, uh, select and launch and try it out just as an end user. And there's no charge for this. Uh, so uh, you, you'd be able to give it a, a test run without setting up anything on your own. And it's pretty nifty because you can try a few different styles of apps because if I have a look at some of the apps that are available to try on AppStream 2.0, you've got uh, Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, uh, Microsoft Visio, that'd be an interesting one to play with, um, Microsoft Project, you've got Firefox, you've got Eclipse, you've got Siemens NX and Siemens Solid Edge. So a few things to experiment with. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, it's a great way to test it out for yourself and see if it's a useful thing. Zipak, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing that information with us. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for the opportunity. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.